It is Tuesday, April 18th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Stanley Cup playoffs begin. The Warriors up against the wall. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Golden State now a dog in the series, down 2-0 against Sacramento. A couple of overtime games in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And shocking development. Jacob DeGrom is injured. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Well, as exciting as the Stanley Cup playoffs were last night as the first games got underway, we have to talk about the Golden State Warriors because the defending NBA champs, their backs are against the wall. Are they in trouble? I don't know because I'll repeat the cliche that I'm probably going to say on every episode of this podcast, (laughs) and that is a series doesn't begin until a team loses a home game. We welcome in our NBA guru, Mackenzie Rivers. Mac, with the Kings holding serve, winning games one and two, are the Warriors truly in trouble? They're underdogs. They're underdogs, and they're probably rightfully underdogs. Are they underdogs at plus 140? I think maybe not. Maybe there's some value there, but uh, they got to win four out of five. That's that's a pretty steep task. And they're, they're asking as much as they can ask out of their players. Steph Curry played 38 minutes game one. He was plus 11. I'm like, all right. Well, they're just going to play him more minutes to fill that gap and have less of that uh, awkward time where he's off the bench. Well, he played 41 minutes. That's a high number for Curry at 34 years old. He was plus three, and they still lose by eight because they have no support around him. And uh, Jordan Poole coming off an ankle was very bad in his bench minutes, and nobody else really stu- stood up. And then Draymond Green obviously ejected at the end. Well, yeah. that was the turning point, AJ, because the Warriors, you know, early on, or I guess midway through the fourth quarter, they had pulled to within four when Sabonis grabs Draymond's ankle, and then Draymond uses Sabonis's chest as a diving board. Yeah, he looked like uh, it looked like the trampoline. spring the springboard trampoline that mascots use to do the crazy dunks. Like that's what Draymond did. I'll be honest though, when I watched it in slow mo. Like, you see Sabonis holding on to his ankle. It's a dangerous situation, first of all. Draymond pulls his foot away, and in that situation, your foot's going to come down where it comes down. Mm -hmm. It came down on Sabonis' chest. I didn't really have a problem with it. I see where when he did the the springboard up and off of him, okay, that's egregious. He he used Sabonis' chest to jump in the air off of him. But I believe... If Draymond's ejected there, so should Sabonis be. Because holding on to somebody's ankle in that situation. Mm-hmm. Well, he got a technical. Uh, he didn't get ejected. Uh, that's that's I, a big deal. And, and and let's let's be honest. If roles were reversed and Draymond was Draymond's the guy on tossed. the ground holding he's the ankle, 100%. he's tossed. 100%. And I, I get that you he's earned the reputation that he has. Mm-hmm. But making you know decisions like that, at key points of the game to, to – and I'm not saying Draymond was smart for doing it. He wasn't smart for doing it. And he, it, it shouldn't have to be like a it, – it sh- we shouldn't even have to be having this conversation. But I don't know that he's any more in the wrong than Sabonis di- is, and they're, the treatment of the two is different, which that's the part I have a problem with. If you eject Draymond, fine. Eject Sabonis too. But don't do one and not the other because – 
he was endangered in that situation. And, and honestly, mm-hmm. he can get hurt a lot more from uh, from that ankle injury than him than Sabonis yeah. jumping off of his. It's not like he you know stomped a hole in his chest or something. He wasn't wearing uh he wasn't wearing cleats. Mm-hmm. It was, this was a. Like get, let, let's get over it, and I think he did a little bit of selling it, yes. writhing around on the ground. Yeah, well, like a soccer player from but Europe. But it was very—it was a very Euro moment. I just don't like that the two that were involved in it got treated differently. I, I don't yeah, believe that should have been the I, case. I was listening to the Warriors radio broadcast when the play happened, and uh, who's it? Tim Roy and, and Jim Barnett, I believe. Jim Barnett's been the longtime uh, color guy, and, and what they were saying was. If Draymond just falls down there, the refs probably, it's definitely a technical, it might even be a flagrant one on Sabonis. If Draymond just, his ankles being held, hop, hop, try and get loose, and then fall down. Almost like telling Draymond to sell the play. But when he steps on Sabonis and then leaps up in the air, that was Draymond being Draymond. And at that point in the game, when the Warriors pull within four, that was a selfish move. Falling down when someone is holding your ankle is a terrible idea. Like, I've seen in jiu-jitsu tournaments, guys get their ankle snapped in half. Like, it, it's... If it someone, also assumes that well, it's like Sabonis, some sort of decision. Well, then like, Sabonis would be suspended. Because I'll tell you right now, Draymond might be suspended for the next game because of this. Oh, that might would be? be so ridiculous. The suspension was ridiculous because it's a half second in between. He gets his ankle grabbed. And he pushes off the guy. If he's in Vietnam in war, and someone <laughs> grabs his ankle and he's trying to extricate himself as quickly as possible, between literally one second and one and a half seconds later, he's going to rip his ankle away, and then he's going to propel himself away from the situation. I think it was completely natural reaction, and it's very similar to the 2016 finals, where it's like, why don't we just grab it? If, if a guy has a reputation for being a hothead, grab his ankle, kick him, spit him, what, whatever you want to do, because he's if he be reacts, you, he gets 100% of the suspension. It's exactly the same result, actually. A flagrant in one case, a flagrant two, ejected, and a technical, a meaningless technical that didn't result in a foul shot in the 2016 finals, and in this case, it's uh, absurd. It's a bad rule. They should, well, I'll if he gets suspended, I'm boycotting I, the NBA I, I don't think he <laughs> will. I don't think, I don't think he will get suspended. Okay, but the NBA is going to review it, and they're going to come out with a statement. And then he better watch himself because if I'm DeMontis Sabonis, I'm going right after him in game three. Grabbing his ankle like a little schoolgirl? Like, is that, is that going after I'm somebody? Just, I'm poking the bear. Here's I'm what poking I'm his arm when we're down low batting it's three rebounds. It's not WWE. Why is that like a, a, a virtue? Like, oh, that guy's really good at getting under his skin and doing, like, these childish things. I, I'd never liked and, it. And, and Matthew Delvadova-ish. Sure. It, but it's if Draymond terrible, gets, which is like the worst thing, he's if he be. gets a couple of technicals, it, it, listen. That, here's the first thing I would do. Then, if I see Sabonis poking the bear, I put in Jonathan Kaminga. I say, listen, <laughs> we got you for a reason. I want you a to go war in start. There. I want you to go in there and choke slam Sabonis <laughs> through the floor. <laughs> and uh, oh, Kaminga, he's a, a suspended for the rest of the series. Great. Sabonis is laying on the floor, writhing. Good. It was worth it. Don't let it be Draymond, though. Like you, you have to understand. Yeah, you have to understand who's got value to your team and who doesn't. Uh, but Draymond, and listen, I don't know that the yes, the game was close at the time. Like, would Draymond being on the floor mm. for the last four minutes have really changed the outcome of that game? Probably not. It's, it's hard to say. The broad side of a barn. Yeah, the shooting went ice cold. But it certainly it gives a, a built-in excuse, and and maybe the Warriors are looking at this and saying, you know what, we this 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 win kind of got taken from us. We got to go in here and, and get it back. Mackenzie, what's the line looking like for Game Three, the first game in the series, 
in San Francisco. Warriors minus seven and a half currently. Is that about what you expected? If you just flipped home court from from the first game, it would be about six. Mm. So the market is really saying that they like the spot here for the Warriors. I wonder the it, backs against the what's the line for the uh, the Philly Nets game because obviously the what we have been trained like trained monkeys to do is okay team a loses game one of their playoff series bet on team b the zigzag theory it works and, every and, time but especially it works 100 percent of the time a team's down oh two and then going home yeah that's the hammer spot for the zigzag but neither neither of the teams that were down one oh showed up not not well I shouldn't say didn't show up the Warriors showed up. it was a competitive mm-hmm. game for most of the game the final score doesn't tell you it was competitive but it was a competitive game but now down 2-0 do we expect a big bounce back from from these teams I guess that's the question since we didn't see it in game two maybe there's extra expectation it'll come in game three yeah the zig zigzag and that especially shows up in the first half uh where sometimes a, a team will be four point favorite in the game and a four point favorite yeah. in the first half because yep. they expect yep. that crowd to be there um so the Sixers-Nets is Sixers minus four and a half currently in Brooklyn. Okay, I have a question. So Warriors, you said, are seven and a half for the game? Yes. What are they for the first half? Because I'd be surprised if it's not at least six. That it, it, Not up yet. It's not up yet? Okay. Well, probably the game's on Thursday because you know they need two days of travel to go from Sacramento to San Francisco. You know, that hour car ride, two <laughs> days of travel. Um, so. Well, the media's got to get their stuff together. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, long yeah. journey. Yes, yes. Everyone's got to travel. I think... I think Warriors' first half is the way to play it. Warriors' first quarter, they're going to feed off that crowd. They're down 0-2, but everyone's going to be on this. Well, the, the book's going to make you pay for it. The Warriors' first quarter was was really good last night, and besides turnovers. They, but they, they turned the ball over eight times in the first quarter, but they were in control of the game in the first quarter because Sacramento couldn't make a shot. Uh, the defense looked really sharp, and then in the second quarter, it was almost like a, a, a switch flipped. And it was a totally different Kings team that came out. They were confident. I think they started the game like 0 for 11 from 3 or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. But once it got going, it started. It went well for them uh, and got them out to a nice, comfy lead that the Warriors were able to cut into late but not overtake late. And McKenzie, Andrew Wiggins obviously had a, an excellent game. Uh, and you mentioned Steph Curry. But I mean, Wiggins played 39 minutes. Steph plays 41. Clay plays 38. Those three guys, heavy minutes loads. Obviously, you you want to limit how much they're playing. But Steph, him on the court versus off the court this series, what's been the uh, what's been the difference? It's been night and day. Steph Curry on the court in this series, two games they lost both of them, plus 14. Off the court, only 18 minutes, minus 25. Without Steph Curry, that's been the problem in this series. Oof, that is massive. And I think part of that problem is Jordan Poole, who was so key in the run last year, has been bad. Like, yeah. Jordan Poole was a disaster last night. It's and a bad series for him, and he has this ankle problem, one for seven, but the defense was probably unplayable at this point. Like, the idea that, I don't know, I mean, maybe maybe you saw a lot of DiVincenzo minutes last night, which I wouldn't have expected to see coming into this series, but the fact that, Jordan Poole's been so bad, maybe there needs to be more DiVincenzo minutes than there has been even, and maybe give Gary Payton even more of a workload because at least DiVincenzo knows he's not supposed to shoot the ball. Right. Jordan Poole's not getting the memo, and he doesn't play defense. Like well, That's how he got a $125 million contract, shooting the ball. I think, uh, I think you're right. I think it's a seven-man rotation. Gary Payton, the second, who played 27 minutes. And DiVincenzo is the other great main and, guy. And maybe if you need a spark of offense, Moody can maybe be that guy. Like And... 
at least he can give you something on the defensive end. Yeah, five boards in eight minutes for Moody. And he's less likely to go through this prolonged cold streak in my Like, I know you've paid this guy a lot of money. He's clearly not himself at the moment. And maybe later in the playoffs he is. It's a possibility. In this series, he's a massive, massive negative right now. Uh, I, I think they've got to find – and you know what? They may have to tweak the, the entire lineup depending on what happens with Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. So who, who knows what the rotation looks like in game three. What do you think the odds are he gets suspended? I can't I, I don't even think he does. I think it's low. I would say 10%. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's – I don't think – it's going to be a conversation. They're going to talk I, about it. I, they, I'm telling you, if they have that conversation, they have to look back and say, should we be having the same conversation about Sabonis as well? Because that's They'll a da- that's a dangerous Sabonis play, man. Fined. It's a dangerous play. Ten thousand like dollars for Sabonis for yeah, for a like dangerous it. act. And and then Draymond has to miss a game. That's no, a, I don't think. I don't think he's going to make a miss a game. I don't think so. Uh, the Sixers take care of the Nets, ninety six eighty four. They take a two games to none lead. Are we? I know we thought that the Sixers were going to get by the Nets rather easily in this series, but do we give the Nets a chance in Game Three as part of the zig zigzag, McKenzie? I really felt like they gave them everything they could in this game. I mean, they were winning the whole time. Their defense was excellent. They had an interesting strategy, uh, kind of drawing and beat out of outside of the paint, just having playing five out. And then in the second half, they scored 14 points in the third quarter, and it wasn't even close down the stretch. I feel like this is just a mismatch. Again, since the trade, they were the 22nd best team in the league. Mm. That's the kind of team that gets swept by a team as good as the Sixers yeah. in the first round. Uh, like, first of all, if you look at Joel Embiid's stat line and it says, 20 points, 19 rebounds. The first thing you think is, oh, that's awesome. He had an awesome game. He didn't. Joel Embiid wasn't very good in this game. Mm -hmm. James Harden was a disaster in this game. And the Nets still won by 12 points. Yeah, 13 13 turnovers between the two, yet plus 19 combined. Yes, that's tough to beat. And Even when you're playing that bad, you're winning easily. Yeah, you've got to figure out an answer for Maxi. And they, they had no answer for him. And even Tobias Harris was getting what he, like, that's the thing. On a night where Embiid and Harden played poorly, the Sixers still probably had the two best players on the floor. Like yeah. that's uh, and it, I, I guess uh, I sh- I, maybe you could make an argument. Cam Johnson had a good game, but it's a good but, point because if if Mikael Bridges is on the Sixers, he's Tobias Harris. I know yeah. he's played great. Yeah, well, the Nets he's are, the, the third the best Nets, guy. The yeah. Nets are a team of role players. Right. That, that's it. They're a team of role players. And when you're a team of role players. Somebody is going to score more points than everybody else, and people are going to go, "Whoa, look at this guy! <laughs> yeah. Twenty-five a game! Yeah, wow! Look what we're doing here!" And I, but I don't think that I, I think it might take you know a full off season to get everything situated, and then maybe next year the Nets will be decent. But to to put this thing together midway through the year, or even later than that, when when you make the trades, uh, it just they got into the playoffs because they had a great start to the season. They do not deserve to be in the playoffs. And it's funny. I, I think back to not this season, but last season of the Houston Rockets, which was their first season without James Harden. And it they were led by Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. And everybody was like, these guys are the future. And it turns out, like, Christian Wood got paid a ton of money to go play somewhere else. He's just a guy. Yeah. He's a role player. Yeah. Like, we all thought he should have been. Kevin Porter Jr. is not very good. Mm-hmm. Like, they were just... They were the tallest midgets. They they were the the best players on an awful awful team. Don't let that don't get that confused with. This is a guy who's like Mm -hmm. now a star. Now that he's got a chance to shine. No, the the truth is somebody's going to be the best player on every team. Yep. And and I'm this isn't to like throw shade at Mikael Bridges, who I think is a, a fine player. 
Great role player on if the Mika- If Mikael Bridges yeah. is, is the third or fourth best player on your team, you probably got a really good team. And that's what if, he was on the Suns. <laughs> if he is the best player on your team, you're probably yeah. – most years you're not making the playoffs, oh. and when you do, you're fodder to teams that have – Freaking MVPs mm-hmm. on the on the roster. And guys get better. Kevin Porter Jr. is only twenty two. He could be sure better. he might be, but like, but I hear what you're saying. There's 110 points scored by every team in every game. So how how many points does your best player score? I don't know. Just divvy it up among them, and you'll get to you'll mm-hmm. get to 110. Doesn't mean you're necessarily a great off- offensive player in the NBA. And it doesn't mean that you can do that when you're up against a, a good team. Right. Then it's and 90 it, points split it up. And it doesn't mean you can do that when you're in a like. When you're in playoff games specifically, yeah, like it's now you're four points for the now it's the best team, best of the best, and you're just not as good as them. Well, let's take a look at uh, tonight's games, and we'll start with the uh, Hawks at the Celtics. Boston is laying ten here. It's a big number, but I see no reason why they shouldn't cover this, McKenzie. They were up by thirty in the first half. At the end of the game, I look at uh, my trusty shot quality score. And it says the Hawks should have won by 10, and they should have won 85% of the time. The Hawks should have? Exactly. Oof. It makes very little sense, but it does from this perspective. Well, every time I read shot quality, I'm like, what, what am I doing here? <laughs> it, that's exactly right. But if you look at the entire season, like those weird, odd numbers t- tend to come together. So I think they shouldn't have won the game, the Hawks. But here's the thing. They had a road game in Miami, and then they had their first early game in Boston. It makes sense that their shot wasn't there. No other team, their, their defense was about what it should have been. They should have given up 110 points. They gave up 110 points. But their offense, they got decent shots. They should have scored a lot more points. Maybe not 30 more, like shot quality predicts, but a significantly more amount. So uh, we've seen this total go from 228 to 230. I really like the Celtics small ball lineup against Atlanta. They've won five out of five games. They've gone over their team total five out of five games against the Hawks. I think they might make it six. And I think the Hawks offense is actually better than they looked Saturday morning. So I'm looking at the over here. The Knicks take on the Cavs. The Knicks winning game one, stealing home court advantage from Cleveland. Cavs five and a half points in an expected bounce back zigzag situation. Knicks are minus 160, though, to win the series, McKenzie. Your thoughts, not just on this game, but on the series as a whole right now. I think the Cavs are still better. And the, the market opened at four. The market was saying, let's make a big reaction to mm-hmm. the Knicks being better. And they've won four out of five games against the Cavs. But I think it was just the Cavs kind of getting their playoff legs. Donovan Mitchell, who's been there before, scored 38. Nobody else really showed up. And Darius Garland had one shot in the second half. He's way too good of a player, way too necessary for their offense to get one shot in the second half. I feel like they clean it up. Josh Hart not being there for the Knicks, uh, likely for the rest of the series, at least not for game two. That's a big loss, probably underappreciated by the market. So I like Cleveland here. I played them at four. I would look at them at five and a half. That's a tremendous point. Josh Hart, what an impact he's had on this team. So uh, not having him is going to be a serious blow. What about about the series overall? The Knicks right now minus 160. You would assume if if the Cavs win game two, they would then become the favorites once again, even though the Knicks would still have home court advantage. So what would happen was they would return to the favorite, but they wouldn't be as big of a favorite as they were at the beginning of the series. They were minus 200. Okay. A split is good for the dog, is good for the road team. So it would be close to pick them at that point. It would be a great series to watch. Yeah, the, the Knicks did their job. Their job was to go into Cleveland and win a game, and they did that. So now uh, they have you know home court advantage in the next six games of the series. All they got to do is win three of them, right? And, uh, and, what's the what's the feeling in New York right now? Is there some excitement? Because the last time they were in the excitement. playoffs, they were calling Trey Young names yeah. from the rooftops. It was no, a of great course feeling. Excitement. Like I said, there's six games left potentially in the series. The Knicks will have three of them at Madison Square Garden. 
And that's all they have to do is win three games. So if they win their home games, the Knicks are going to the second round. Clippers are at the Suns. This li- I don't understand this line at all. I, I do and I don't. I do because, obviously, Clippers stealing game one. The, 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 the emphasis now is on the zigzag. It's on the Suns to bounce back and even up this series. They know that the public is going to think that way, and they're going to make you pay for it. I thought that the Suns were going to be a six-point favorite. Mackenzie, I don't know where you had this line. Before before game one? No, after game one. So you thought they should have been upgraded? The I thought, no, I thought the Suns would be a six. Yes, I thought the Suns would be about a six-point favorite in game two. Seeing it at seven and a half. There's eight. It's uh, eight, or eight circa. Yeah. Is telling me that they are making you pay for the fact that everybody and their mother is expecting the Suns to even up this series. Yeah, and the market's moving that way, and history tells you you probably should be looking at the Suns here. If you are home in game two and lost game one and are the favorite, 59% ATS. It goes back throughout the whole database. Uh, the question is, was the game one line off? Because after seeing the game one, it seemed like it was a lot closer than a seven-point line. That's what I thought, which is why I thought that I would have made this a six-point line because I think that these teams are a little closer, especially with Kawhi playing that the way he's playing. These teams are closer than what the market thought they were. I'm telling you, I go back to the dream preview that we did this last week or one of the, one of the, dream, the NBA dream previews we did this last week when we were talking about this series and McKenzie was saying – it doesn't feel right that Kawhi Leonard is a four to one dog yeah, in, yeah. In, in any series. And Kawhi Leonard came out in game one and reminded everyone who he is. And I it just this sounds crazy, but at Kawhi's best, yeah, he's just as good as KD, if not better. It just seems and like right now, right now. And it, and you say at his best, but let's just look, I don't know, his last 12 playoff games. But that's that the thing. Randomly. It seems like he has figured this out with the experience that he has. Like, let's let's not forget, he's a two-time NBA champion. Two right? different franchises. Two different franchises, right? He's a finals MVP. Like, let's not – you have to understand that. And he has learned, learned from the best in Greg Popovich and then learned in his experience in Toronto, right? He learned – that in the regular season, you play one way. In the playoffs, you play a different way. And he preserved his body in the regular season when he did play. And now that it's the playoffs, it's 100% max effort. The best you are going to get from Kawhi Leonard is in the postseason. He knows the regular season doesn't mean anything. He won two championships. He knows it's only about the playoffs. So people want to say, oh, Kawhi's not playing again. Oh, Kawhi's not playing. He doesn't care because he knows that this is when it matters and this is when he steps up. And his performance in game one was, yeah, was it incredible? Yes. But it's what you've come to expect from yeah. Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs. And I see no reason why we won't see that again in game two, again in game three, again in game four, game five, game six, and ultimately game it's seven playoff Kawhi. when it goes to game seven in Phoenix. People talk about Jimmy Butler and how Jimmy Butler turns it up in the playoffs. Like, Not to this level. Jimmy Butler's like junior Kawhi Leonard is what yeah. he is. Yeah. Like, it's That dude is just a different guy. And when Kawhi Leonard, in, playoff Kawhi Leonard 
is like a top three player in the NBA. Yeah, so think about this. He won the 2019 Finals, one of the best performances we've seen this century. He has a bad bubble. All right, throw that one out. He was up 3-1, bad performances. They lost to the Nuggets. Since then, since 2021, he's played 12 playoff games, 31 points per game, 57% shooting, only two turnovers. It's not as good as anybody else. Nobody has those kind of numbers put together How many players? in the same time frame. There's only been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There's only been twelve players in the history of this league that have won multiple NBA Finals MVPs, and Kawhi Leonard's one of them. I mean, name players that have averaged thirty points per game in a championship run. You get LeBron, Jordan, then you run out of guys real quick. You get Kawhi Leonard yeah. too. It's it's amazing. It's crazy. The how old, good like, he is. Well, like, why don't we best. talk about him like that? The, like, old, and why is he an eight point playoff yeah. underdog in the first round? I think the Ringer had him ranked like sixtieth. Coming in, I was personally offended. He's been a top five player. Sometimes he's not there, but he's a top five player, probably better than that. The only modern players on this list of multiple NBA Finals MVPs is Kawhi, Durant, and LeBron. Like, that's the class he's in, and that's how he should be talked about. So, I I, I think, as much as I think the Suns are going to win this game, Clippers plus eight is is the play. It feels that way to me too. I, I think it's a crazy, it's a crazy number that Kawhi. Le- now, I, here's the here's the downside to that. I want nothing to do with Russell Westbrook in the playoffs. Like See that I, block, I know, and it was a great finish to the game for him. But I don't feel comfortable backing Russ. Like I saw enough bad out of Russ yeah. to go, oof. It was this the guy best. Kill it you. was the best three of nineteen game you're ever going to find. <laughs> it's probably yeah. you put them all in, a, in yeah. a list. It's the number one. Yeah. I thought he was really interesting after the game. How much him and Ty Lue talked about how. You're going to play that way. You got to stick to it. You know, play the same way every time. Uh, three for 19, and your coach is saying, that a boy. That's, that's an interesting dynamic. Let me so, ask you a question. It's at a boy because they won the game. Yeah. And you if need, they you lose the somebody. game, if they lose the game it's not an at a boy. That's true. Probably not. No. Mac, what do you think the chances of Paul George playing in this series are if it gets to a game seven in Phoenix? Or, you know, because they say he's most likely out for this series. But he says he's rehabbing every day. He says he's working hard to come back. Let's say they're down three games to two, or even up three games to two. Do you, can you can you can he give you 10, 15 minutes off the bench in game six and game seven? Reading the tea leaves, I think he plays game six if it gets to game six. Right. Whether like, it's a limited role. He's not role. gonna start. He's not yeah. gonna play 25, 29, 30 minutes, but give me 10 minutes off the bench. 10 minutes of Paul George off the bench is better than 10 minutes of anybody off the bench. So I would take that. And if I'm Ty Lue, that's what I'm aiming for. That's my ace in the hole is that, you know what? I'm going to get five good bench minutes from him in the first half, and I'm going to get ten good bench minutes from him in the second half. And he's going to be the X factor. It's a lot more likely that there will be a game six now that Clippers won game one. Yep. Clippers are plus 160 in the series. Take back Suns minus 180. Ooh, I don't know what I want to bet there. I just know I want to bet the Clippers plus the points in game Yeah, two. I, I think I, they I, lose. I think they lose. But I can still see game. him losing the series. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think eight points is – it's crazy. Well, like, this I, is, I think this, this is the question you have to ask yourself now. Will you bet the Clippers as home dogs in games three and four? Yes. I, I, I think if, if I keep getting a pl- – like, again, I'm like you. I thought this was like a plus five and a half, plus six in game two. If the numbers are, continue to be this far off, and you know it's going to – like in game three, if – let's say the Clippers – I'm I'm just throwing this out. Let's say the Clippers win game two. You know in game three. Suns minus three and a half. You think that's the right number? What do you think, Mac? 
because everybody's going to expect the Suns to blow them out in game. It, LA like, is not a great home court advantage. So maybe we just talked. We just talked about it with the Warriors. Maybe four and a half. Like the the Warriors got to move more than that though. Yeah. Still, it's a six. If it's a six point swing, then it's two. So maybe Suns two and a half or three. Oh man, I, I just I, I think there's disrespect being put right, and I think Kawhi feels it. I, I think he sees what's going on here. Does and he like, feel anything though? I, <laughs> <laughs> I I think Kawhi is suddenly underrated. And like people for I think people have forgotten what playoff Kawhi Leonard is. And to me, like I, I'll I'll put him up against damn near anybody out there. And the fact that he's catching eight points after he just outplayed KD. Let's, let's call it what it was. They went back and forth. Kawhi was better than KD in game one. Oh, no doubt. And now he's catching eight points. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. The Stanley Cup playoffs began last night. What an exciting start to the playoffs as we had two overtime games. I like your four games decided by five goals. Yeah. Nice. Yep. If you bet the plus one and a half on the underdogs in all four games, you went three and one with the only loser being one that I played in the Florida Panthers. Mm. <laughs> the Bruins win three to one. The report that leaked out hours before the game was that there's been uh, a little bit of a, a bug going around the Bruins. Patrice Bergeron, their captain, did not play last night because of illness. And several other players were affected. And I felt, you know what? If the Panthers had any shot in this series, it's in this game tonight. No Bergeron. Other players slowed down. Fatigue probably comes into play maybe in the third period. And honestly, it's not like the Bruins blew them out. The Bruins had a 1-0 lead after the first period. It was 2-0. Panthers scored to make it 2-1. And then... The Bruins scored late in the second period to go up three to one. And in the third period, they did what a great defensive team does. They didn't allow anything. It's not like the Bruins were really attacking and dominating. They just didn't allow the Panthers anything. It was one of the more impressive defensive periods I've watched as Linus Allmark, who's going to win the Vezina Trophy. My wife's had some pretty defensive periods. Yeah. <laughs> Linus Olmark was incredible, making 31 saves. Thanks for that courtesy last And night. And the Panthers just couldn't get anything going in the third period. So the Bruins win 3-1. to one. Also a scoreless third period in Carolina, where two of the best defensive teams in hockey played each other in the Hurricanes and Islanders. This is I, I gave out the under 5.5 in this one, and it came in easily 2-1. to one. After literally both these teams put on just what a physical show, clogging up the neutral zone. It was dump and chase the entire night for both teams. No room on the ice when the Islanders and Hurricanes get together. Same thing for the Wild and Stars. In a game that went to not one overtime, but two overtimes, the Wild win 3-2. to two. Philip Gustafson made 52 saves. For the Wild, Jake Ottinger made 45 saves for the Dallas Stars. A couple of highlight reel saves, if I must say, as the uh, Wild steal home ice advantage, winning that one 3-2. to two. So if you're keeping score at home, the unders off to a you know nice start here. 3-1, and one, the only game that went over, the Kings and Oilers went into one overtime. 
the Kings winning four to three. But how did we get there, AJ? Yeah, it's funny. I was watching. Uh, I was watching last night on my laptop, just perusing. ESPN.com, and you know, sometimes on the front page when a game is live, it'll have yep. this, the stream there. And 16 seconds left in the game, I text you and say, they just tied it with 16 <laughs> seconds. Oh, I know. Brutal. <laughs> uh, and LA goes on to win in overtime. So a, uh, a, a clutch performance. And you mentioned yesterday's show, you were saying that the, the Oilers, one of the best offensive teams in hockey. Yeah, I said I would not bet an under in an Oilers game. <laughs> it was a good call, uh, but it was the, the Kings really getting the job done here. Yeah, 3-2, to two, empty net. I thought maybe it's going to be a 4-2 finish. The Oilers can get something going, but yeah, Anshay Kopitar with the game-tying goal in the closing seconds, and then in overtime, just getting the, the game winner, and man, that arena was silent. In Edmonton, there is a lot of expectations on this team. They were a 50-win team in the regular season. They have the best player in the world in Connor McDavid. Wasn't the expectation that a Canadian team never wins? Well, it hasn't happened since 93. I said this is going to be the year. I said this is going to be the best. This is the best chance because I think the Maple Leafs are the best version of themselves right now. And I think this is the year they finally get out of the first round. Because I think it's been like seven straight years they've been eliminated in the first round. I think this is the year they finally get out of the first round. And I think Edmonton has a really good shot to win this entire thing. But losing game one to the Kings, blowing the lead when you, when with 16 seconds left, oh. that is crushing for Edmonton. So here's what's on the schedule tonight. Rangers and Devils will play in a one an incredible series. This is going to be unbelievable. If if you if you told me pick one of these series. Out of all the first-round series that's going to go to seven games, I would say Rangers-Devils. Okay. I think Rangers-Devils has the great chance to go to seven. Total is six in this game. I lean towards the under because I think, first of all, the Rangers one of the best defensive teams in all of hockey. See, this is like you have a great defensive team against a great offensive team. Uh, Rangers have allowed the one of the fewest, top five fewest amount of goals in the entire league this season. I talked about that yesterday, how, you know, the, the Islanders – Great defensive team. The Bruins, great defensive team. Carolina, Dallas, Rangers are fourth. So the, the fourth fewest amount of goals allowed this season, the New York Rangers. Oh, by the way, the Devils only allowed the eighth fewest goals in the NHL this season. Defense shines in the playoffs. Unders are off to a 3-1 and one start, so I always lean under here in the Stanley Cup playoffs unless we're in an elimination game. Elimination games is when you go over. Now, why do you say that, Scott? Because you might have overtime. No, oh. because in an elimination game, your net is probably empty with like six minutes left in the game. Oh, really? Or like five minutes left in the game. Especially if you're down three to one and you're about to be eliminated. You got to go all out. You got to go all out. Yeah. Or if you're even down one goal, right? And then you give up an empty netter. Okay. My net's still empty. I got, you got to do it. You're going to get eliminated. I don't care. I don't care if you score four empty net goals against me. This is why you're a hockey coach and I'm not. You get just. Well, I don't get it. If it's game one and I'm down 3-1, isn't it the same scenario? It no. doesn't matter how many goals they score against me. No. I score goals. Because you want your team to carry something into the next game. You want your team to be uh, keep their um, uh, – not composure. What's the, Keep your form. Keep your, sure. your, your – the way that we play. You don't, you don't just change your gameplay because you still have other games left to go. But if it's the last game of your season, well, then you just tell everybody to push forward. You yeah. break your form. You're like, I don't, we're not going to have a defenseman back. Like, 
when you have an empty, when you have the empty net, yes, you're six on five. You're trying to get that goal, but you also protect against letting up an empty netter. So you're keeping one player kind of back at the blue line, just in case when the puck gets chipped out, he's your safety valve. He's going to collect the puck, gather it in, cross the red line, shoot it back in. But if now if your season's on the line, it's an elimination game. Everybody's pushing forward. Everybody's crashing the net. You don't care how many times they shoot the puck down down the ice. So you don't change your form. Uh, in just one game, two games, whatever. By the way, on this series, you said it's mo- the most likely to go seven games. Would you bet it at two to one to go seven games? Two to one is terrible odds. I know. It's, they, they, the big, they big you out, out of hell. That is yeah. terrible odds. <laughs> it should be like because even a, if it's, a series to go to game seven right. should be like four to one or five to even one. Even if you knew it was going to game six, then it's only 50-50 to yeah. game seven. That's so dumb. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can't bet the no on not being game yeah, seven. Yeah, that's really, re- that's really real. I would lay minus 200 on it to go to no game seven. Who do you lean in if the series? If it's plus 200 on it to go to game seven. Are you going to be a homer and pick the Rangers at plus 105, or so, do you like the Devils at minus 120? So I am going to be a homer and pick the Rangers. Gotcha. Now, that the, But this is the, um, the only reason why is, one, well, there's more reasons. The first reason is playoff experience. This is a very young Devils team, okay? They're one of the best teams in hockey, but they're so young. They don't have the playoff experience that these Rangers players have. You have so many Stanley Cups from guys that are on the Rangers, not just, you know, I'm not obviously not had, that have won with the Rangers, but got, plays guys that have won elsewhere. Patrick Kane alone has more experience really? than pretty much everyone on the Devils. So this is incredible amount of experience for the Rangers players that have just been here, been there, done that. And this is also a team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. So this is a team that was good enough to go to the Conference Finals last year. They have a goaltender who can carry them through the playoffs. And in this series, the goaltending edge goes to the Rangers. The scoring edge goes to the island, goes to the uh, the Devils, but the experience goes to the Rangers, and that's why I give them the edge. Plus, Rangers fans might actually—it's going to be interesting to see at the Prudential Center for Game One and Game Two what the percentage is. Rangers fans, Devils fans, I think they invade. Rangers fans do invade the Rock, and it, it's gonna—it might be like a 50-50 split. In that arena, you might get cold cocked walking out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, it's Newark. It's, uh, it's you know, you walk across the street to Newark Penn Station and you head back into the city. Uh, the Lightning and Maple Leafs will begin their series game one. Uh, Toronto minus one. Oh, New Jersey minus one thirty. By the way, in that game one tonight, I'll take the Rangers. Uh, Maple Leafs minus one sixty, and uh, I like Toronto. I really do. Uh, even though the Lightning have the experience, as I talk about, the Rangers have the experience. The Lightning, all they've done is just go to three straight what three straight Stanley Cups for the Lightning. I believe so. Champions just out here City. betting against them. Yeah, and we're just and we're yeah, we're just out here betting against the Tampa Bay Lightning, who just go to the Stanley Cup every single season so yeah astros won't be in the alcs this year they started bad yeah exactly yeah, exactly nine. exactly right yeah yeah back-to-back stanley cup champions and then losing the stanley cup final last year so lightning with the experience but i think this is the year this is finally the year that the maple leafs win a first round series so i talked about like the i think it was seven straight years that they've lost in the first round let's count them out here one two three 
four, five, six. It's six straight. Wait, one, two, three. For the three, Maple Leafs or four, Canadian five, teams in general? Six because they lost in the Leafs. This is six straight years that they have lost in the first round. My old co-host in Houston, Fred Fowler, was a, a Maple Leafs fan. And every year he's like, it's going to happen. And then it wouldn't. You sound like him right now. This is the year. I think so. This is the year. I really do. I think this is the year that they actually advance past the first round. Now, if you're anything like him, about two weeks from now, you're going to be like downing half a bottle of Jack Daniels going, I thought it was the year. but (laughs) All right. Let's keep going. The Jets are at the Golden Knights. Vegas minus 155. The Kraken at the Avalanche. Colorado minus 195. I'll be honest with you. I think Seattle has a puncher's more than a puncher's chance in that series. Okay. I really do. I think the way that this team has played, the way that they have scored this season, um, they played Colorado three times and they went two and one against them this season, winning both games in Colorado. So I think the Kraken are very very live dogs in this series. Let's rewind. I want a little commentary on VGK. How, how's our boys looking? And McKenzie and I are Vegas natives, so we're very uh, interested in this. They should win this series. They Be- absolutely should win this series. My favorite hockey team is out. McKenzie's favorite hockey team is out. So we, we've, we're, you know, we're riding with the locals. McKenzie's favorite hockey team is out of the uh, Connor Bedard sweepstakes also. They're not out of it. They still got a good chance. They still shot. got a chance. I'd actually say Vegas Golden Knights is my favorite. Oh, yeah? Good. All right. Good, good for, for you. you good for you. I'm uh, not there yet. I'll probably be there soon. I've been here I, five, ten years. Though. Listen, I'll tell you, that the Predators didn't make the playoffs this year. That's one, that's one more knock on them. <laughs> I, I'm ready to move on, pal. Do you realize that this is the first time since 1994 that all five New York Metropolitan teams are in the playoffs in the same year. Knicks, Nets, Rangers, Islanders, Devils. Wow. First time since 1994. What happened to the Jets? All five are in the same good. year. <laughs> the Winnipeg Jets? <laughs> We're talking playoffs, McKenzie. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, Winni- They're playing VGK. Winnipeg, Those other Jets Vegas. have Zach yeah. Wilson. Yeah, Vegas, Vegas. I like Vegas tonight in game one. We all know the atmosphere that it goes on here at T-Mobile. Uh, Winnipeg, it's all about Connor Hellebuck and Net. And I think Vegas has the offense to solve the hella buck question. He's going to get hella bucked up tonight. He's going to get hella bucked up. Yeah. The thing is, we need to know what VGK is going to be doing in net. That's the question that we have to ask ourselves. Is it going to be? Oh, you know what? We have confirmation, actually. Laurent Boissois is going to be American. He is going to start game one. Um, of the playoffs here, Brassois in net. Bruce Cassidy uh, confirmed that Brassois will start game one. Just a quick glance. You know how many times uh, Brassois has lost this year? Uh, three times in overtime. That's it. That's it. That's it. He has never... Zero in regulation. Yeah, well, he's, only, he's only played 10 games. Listen, 7-0-3, <laughs> and three, you take yes. that. 7-0-3. Laurent Brassois uh, will be in net against Connor Hellebuck. Should be a heck of a matchup. Yeah, uh, just a lot of injuries with the Vegas goaltending, but yeah, Brassois is going to be the guy. Congratulations tonight. It will be Brassois. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore 
your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. AJ, it was a rainy Patriots Day. It's raining in everywhere. Boston yesterday. I'm tired of rain. People, all baseball needs to be played in Las Vegas where it doesn't rain. Rainy Patriots Day. The the fans were certainly excited. What a great Boston marathon it was. And then oh, uh, imagine running the marathon in the rain. And then they were excited about they were leg ex- chafing. They were excited about the Bruins game one of the playoffs last night. Uh but the Red Sox unfortunately fell behind early. Brian Bello just did not have anything going in the first inning as the Angels score four runs in the top of the first thanks to a Hunter Renfro three-run homer over the monster, making it 3-1 before you can even blink. This game started at like 11.30 in the morning. Yeah. Literally before noon, first of all, everyone was hammered. Yeah, it looked like 5 o'clock somewhere. Yeah. But uh, it was, bam, the Angels do avoid the sweep. They get the win. Shohei Otani only got to pitch two innings, though, because it started downpouring and then a rain delay. And then, of course, they weren't going to put him back in the game to pitch after the rain delay. So uh, Otani, and I'm sure, I think I saw even like DraftKings Sportsbook, and one of them was like, we'll refund all Otani bets because of the rain delay. It's like, this has become a thing now. It's like, God forbid you bet an under <laughs> on Otani strikeouts or something like that. And then, you know, it, it's it's like, oh, well, I bet over Otani strikeouts. Refund me because of a rain delay. Like, no, it should have been part of your handicap. Anyway, uh, the Angels do win 5-4. to four. Red Sox did come back. Scored one in the bottom of the ninth, but unable to do any more damage there as the Angels do 
avoid the four game sweeps. The Red Sox are now, what was it, 73 and 52 on Patriots. They still a very good winning record. Slipping away on though. Patriots. Slipping away. Day. Yes. Uh, elsewhere, how about the Rays and the Reds? AJ, you and I were both on the over nine yeah. in this game. And if I told you before the game started that the Reds would score eight runs, how much money would you have put on the over nine? Uh, all the money. You would have asked Fez for like a loan, yeah, right? Yeah. Because you're thinking the Rays are clearly going to yeah. score. The Rays scored one run on a Josh Lowe solo home run in the top of the ninth. Yes. To earn the push. To get that. And this, now, boy, what a sweet push it was. An 8 nothing Reds lead going into the top of the ninth inning. And then finally, the Ray. And by the way, that home run extended the Rays' streak of hitting a home run in every, every game. Every game, yeah. yeah. And it's like, man. <laughs> They they were in bases loaded situations multiple yeah. like they just kept leaving guys on bases. Uh, there was one double play I forgot who hit into it, but it was a soft line drive to the first base. Will Myers, yeah. It, it was first and second with one out, soft line drive to the first baseman. The runner that was on second fell trying to get back to second base. Easy double play to end Gross. the um, a, a play that I gave out on pregame.com that some people hit me up on Twitter and asked McKenzie even to run the numbers on it. Uh, the Sunday night baseball fade. I've talked about it multiple times. I wanted to, uh, you fade the Sunday night baseball teams thinking, Hey, and, and what I mean by that is the Sunday night baseball teams on travel. So you play Sunday night, then you have to travel to a new city. You get in at the wee hours of the night. You're a little fatigued the next day. And so far this year, you were two and zero betting against the Sunday night teams that had to travel. The Rangers played Sunday night baseball. Uh, they were in Houston and then had to travel to Kansas City. Now, I said on SOVAM yesterday, I didn't want to bet against the Rangers because the Kansas City Royals stink, and I don't trust Jordan Lyles. But my way of fading the Sunday night team was going to be to play the under in the first five innings. And my theory was, hey, Jacob DeGrom's pitching. He's probably going to throw five scoreless innings. If anything, he gives up one run. And the Rangers' bats might be a little lethargic, and they won't score. The Rangers <laughs> scored three runs in the top of the first inning. Oof. But here's the thing, AJ. They all came on one swing of the bat. Okay. That makes you feel a little better. And then they scored one run in the top of the third inning. But again, that one came on one swing of the bat. Yeah. The Rangers won the game 4 to nothing. Jacob DeGrom threw four no-hit innings before leaving with wrist soreness. Dane Dunning then came what? in. What? Jacob DeGrom, he got hurt? Yeah, exactly. What? Dane Dunning then came in, allowed one hit in four and a third innings, and then uh, they closed out the game. Royals finished with only one hit. One hit. We don't, That's all we got is one, one. hit. <laughs> one hit. The Rangers finished with only four. Four hits. By the way, we need to have that drop so we can just yeah, it every I, time. Only four hits. So before people knock me about Sunday Night Baseball fade, the Rangers won the game. There were five hits in this game. That's it. The Rangers, you want, yes, there is such a thing as tired bats. They got four hits. Now, it just so happened that one of them was a three-run home run and the other one was a solo home run. So that's how they scored four runs. But they had four hits the entire game. 
off of Jordan Lyles? Come on. Mackenzie, do we have numbers on Sunday night travel? It's kind of hard to look that up because you don't necessarily know whether the previous game was away or home. You just have to know that it was a, a night game and then travel the next day to a different city. So previous day equals Sunday. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if, if I can. It's, it's hard because, so, yeah. Weren't we tracking this before the game? Didn't, didn't you it, say it was 2-0? I said it was 2-0, yeah. Now, now, it's, two now it's 2 and one All right, we're done. We're tracked it. Yes. Nice. <laughs> but it's 2-1 and one to the under as well, which is something to note. Okay. And the only game that went over was the Phillies against the Yankees, where the Phillies only scored one run. The Yankees just happened to score eight. So here's how, here's that's, how you... that's why I think it was, you know, I think like it would have gone under if the Yankees just didn't score eight runs. The Phillies only scored one. Instead of calling it a system because we don't have the historical mm-hmm. data on it, you just call it a hypothesis. This is my belief. This is what I think. A, a hypotenuse? That's no. the long end of a triangle. Nope, different. Like oh. a hypothesis, like this is what I believe. Yes. It will be the results. Here. Sure. Let's let let we, this let the season to, decide. We if have it can to be a system. The scientific method, though, right? Yes. Is that who, what, where, when, why, how? <laughs> or no? That's 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 something different. I think that's something that's, different. That's when like you're writing uh, an an article or something. Yeah. So I got last year uh, six and thirteen, playing against the team that was on the road after playing a late night game the Sunday. If they're on the road the next game, seven and eleven to the under. So you add the one and two, mm-hmm. looking pretty good. Yeah, that's what uh, seven and fifteen the last two years. So fifteen and seven is the winning, right? The winning, yeah. yeah, all right. That's that's good. That's, that's pretty good. But, hey, this, but before long, this might be a system. Okay, but it's just a, hypo- right now, hypothesis, it's a hypothesis right now. Scientific method, though. That's right. What is the scientific method? It's hypothesis, experiment, right, and then control. So <laughs> uh, there's seven steps, Standard right? Standard deviation. You observe. You ask questions. Yes. Then you, scientists. you come up with a hypothesis, <laughs> you predict, and okay. then like then I don't remember what happens. You find a conclusion, maybe. Yeah, isn't there some? Isn't there something like a control? I'm gonna find this and, now. Uh, I'm pissed off. So you and, you include teams that are home if they traveled from Sunday night. So yeah. That, so that as long be, as you're traveling, right. as long as you played Sunday night, and then on Monday you're in a different city. Now, if you're off on Monday, it doesn't mean anything. Then there's no play. But you have to be playing on Monday off of travel. That's the play. Okay, here we go. Observe. Observe. Question. Question. Research the topic area. Research. Got it. Hypothesis. Hypothesis. So, so far, I've observed. I've watched the teams on Sunday Night Baseball struggle on Mondays. Mm -hmm. Then what's the second one? Uh, Research topic area. I've researched and I've determined that they're 15 and 7 over the last two years. So, you you came up with a hypothesis. Hypothesis. To bet against the teams that travel after playing on Sunday night. Now you test with an experiment. Which is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm two You're and one this year. in the process. Year. Yes. Analyze the data. So we will do it all season long. Analyze. That's what we're doing. And finally, mm-hmm. we'll report the conclusions. Gotcha. So at the end of the year, we will report how much units were up or down. And then we go back to observation or question and see if anything has changed. I like it. All right. Virtuous cycle. That is what we're doing. The, uh, the, boy, you see, this This ain't just gut feelings, Bubba. Uh, this is science. <laughs> yeah, you learn something every day. Elsewhere, Diamondbacks beat the Cardinals 6-3. You have the Astros, nine, two winners over the Blue Jays. Poor Kevin Gosman. Oh, my God, why? <laughs> Seven runs allowed in the bottom of the first inning, and they kept him in the game. Now, to his credit, he allowed one run again in the third inning, that's about it, though. 
And then they brought him back out in the fourth. <laughs> yeah. And he almost finished the fourth. It was eight to one. Yeah. Like with two outs in the fourth inning. And then they were finally like, you know what? I think he's had enough. Let's go get him out of here. It's yeah, like, why are you going to tax your bullpen? The game's over. Just let the guy get his innings in. Four and two thirds innings, seven hits, eight runs, two home runs. Not a good outing for the old ERA for Kevin Gosman. Astros win nine to two. And I have to ask the question again, AJ, why were the Astros home dogs? It's a great question, and I think what we talked about last night, and I think people realizing that the Astros the last four years now have started off slow. Like mm-hmm. the, the fact that they were seven and nine each of the last four seasons. And what else have they done the last four years? Uh, just gone to the ALCS, Dominant. like yeah. at at, at a Series. minimum, played for an AL championship. Yeah. Like how about that? Yep. Uh, so maybe the first 16, 17 games of the season isn't enough time to decide if a team is good at baseball or not. I think you can look at this Astros lineup. You can look at that Astros rotation and go, you know what? They're probably going to be pretty good. So I said that the over was going to hit in Coors Field between the Pirates and the Rockies, but does it count if the other pitcher gets rocked, not the one that I thought was going doesn't to matter. get rocked? That's a, it's a team, team yeah. game, baby. Kyle Freeland gives up nine runs as the Pirates blow out the Rockies 14-3. to And I will pound my chest on this. I said Rich Hill was going to give up a home run, at least one, and he did give up a home run. So I feel good about that, although he pitched really well. Six innings, six hits, only one run allowed on that home run. Chris Bryant, finally, has been playing for the Rockies for two years, or now for a year and a little bit now. His first home run at Coors Field. What? What yeah. happened to Chris Bryant? Yeah, what Las ha- Vegas local? Vegas his own. Chicago what? champion? What happened? My, my son Bryant played right. at uh, Chris Bryant Field last week. Really? Yeah, Bonanza High School here in Las Vegas. Um, so and it's uh, Chris Bryant Field for the Bonanza Bengals. Oh, not the Bonanza Bananas? No. They, I mean, they do wear yellow and brown uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. The Banana Bengals. Uh, the Cubs route the A's. Everyone routes the A's. 10 to 1. Is your 20 boy, hits good? Your boy Kyle Muller. Like, this guy struck out 24 in. <laughs> Are you going to keep laughing at my boy? In a high school game? But he probably gave up 20 hits in this game. Come yes, on. Yeah, it was, it was a rough one. He gave up 13 hits in four innings. He's pitching batting practice. Yeah, not, not ideal. Uh, apparently, the Chicago Cubs are better than whatever high school team he was pitching against uh, in Texas. Brewers beat the Mariners 7 3. Uh, the Braves, a 2 0 win over the Padres. Max Freed off the IL and responds with five shutout innings, only allowing four hits. And then uh, last night, the Mets go on the road to LA and win 8-6 as they score uh, three runs in the top of the seventh inning to take the lead and hold on to the lead. And contributions from newest call-up Brett Beatty making his season debut for to be the Mets. Good. He's one of their top prospects from Round Rock, Texas. Yeah, it's right outside of Austin. Yep, one of their top prospects. Uh, Brett Beatty in this game uh, playing third base went one for four. Uh, with a strikeout, but he did drive in a run. So good job, Brett Beatty, as Mets fans, very excited about the future for their young star. Adam Ottavino picking up his second save in that one. Let's take a look at what we have on the schedule here on Tuesday. And guess what, AJ? It's such a great day. You know what they say? Let's Let's play play two. two. Let's do it, baby. Yes. Double headers in Detroit and Chicago as both of those games yesterday were canceled due to cold 
frigid, windy temperatures. Okay, so here's my question. First of all, put a roof on your stadium, dummies. Like, let's just do this, all right? We don't have time it's for 2023. It. I mean, come on. Yeah, have a have a retractable roof. <laughs> you want to play outdoors? Everybody's like, baseball is meant to play outdoors. It's meant to be played outdoors when the weather's nice. When the weather's shitty, you just don't get to play. Yeah. What fun is it? What's the point of baseball at that time? Uh, do you have a do you have a hypothesis I or do. a system on if the first game or the second game is more likely to be high scoring? Hypothesis, yes. System, no. But I will say, I always bet on the team that loses the first game to then win game two. For whatever reason, it's very hard to sweep a doubleheader. Last season, 68 doubleheaders, only 31 sweeps. 2021, 60 doubleheaders, only 26 sweeps. 2020, 56 doubleheaders, only 30 sweeps. Okay. So it's 45% last year, 43% the year before. It's hard to sweep a doubleheader. So look to see who wins game one and then bet the other team in game two or pick one of the games to handicap, you know, like pick the first game. It's just the, the look at the matchups too. And the, the, the problem is sometimes is it's hard doing the double headers like a day before. Like right now we see Zach Wheeler against Lance Lynn in game one between the Phillies and the White Sox. And you just want to bet the over. But, but – we could find out later on this morning that well, the Phillies decided to hold Wheeler to game two. Yeah. If like, whatever, it they're changes weird about it. all the time. So it's hard to do this until actually the, uh, the day of the game or later on in the day. It's too early now in the morning because there's no line even out on game one because nothing's even confirmed. It's Zach Wheeler and Lance Lynn. Or is it? So, yes, the Guardians and Tigers will play game one of their doubleheader. Right now, Hunter Gaddis, Matthew Boyd. Phillies and White Sox, game one of their doubleheader. Right now, Zach Wheeler, Lance Lynn. Don't know who's going to start game twos for both teams. Uh, there's no lines yet on those games. Edward, uh, it looks like it's going to be projected Eduardo Rodriguez for the Tigers in game two. And Peyton Bettenfield. AJ, say it. That's a made-up name. Oh, I didn't know that was made. I, 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 think, I think I may have heard that name before. Okay. Uh, in, in game two for the Guardians and then Phillies and White Sox, um, Lucas Giolito, who's broken, against oh, Bailey Falter. Remember when he was really good? Yeah. Yeah, those were the good old days. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere tonight, uh, tonight, we have the Giants at the Marlins. Uh, it's going to be Alex Wood going up against Edward Cabrera. The Rays look for a bounce-back performance against the Reds. Nick Lodolo on the mound, though. I played I, yesterday. I was over nine. Mm -hmm. Today, under nine. Because of Taj Bradley, he looked the way that he Bradley looked, looked in his pretty, first. He looked decent. Yeah. And Nick Lodolo is a swing Lodolo's and miss, been money every game. Swing and miss machine. Nick Lodolo has made three starts this season. He has 27 strikeouts in 17 innings pitched. This dude is a swing and miss machine. Angels and Yankees will begin their series. Jose Suarez against Clark Schmidt. God, Clark Schmidt sucks. I kind of like the over in this one. I, I Yan Yankees minus 145. Orioles and Nationals. Dean Kramer, Josiah Gray for the Nationals. Baltimore minus 145. This Orioles offense is fantastic, but this is just a weird, you know, it's a, it's a fun series. Not, not, not long travel between the two. And, uh, well, the Orioles own the broadcast rights to the Nationals. So <laughs> they're both – I guess I guess you can watch the games on Masson. 
or Masson too. <laughs> now we look at the Twins and the Red Sox. Sonny Gray against Chris Sale. Is it free money that Minnesota's only minus 115? It, it feels that way. I, Sonny I was, Gray against Chris Sale. Yeah, I was going to ask you One that. guy has a .53 ERA. The other guy has an 11.25. Yeah. Why, it, how Why do, is money coming in on Boston? That's a great question. Because Boston's home. They've won four. You know, they, they just well, took the three day, of. It's the day after Patriots yeah, Day. They just took three of four. Now, there is some, you know, bad weather in the forecast. So, we have to. I don't want to now have Sonny Gray only pitch three innings and then my bet Can gets I ask ruined. for my money back? You can ask for your money back. But that's the thing. Bets get ruined. Like, am I really to bet on the, the, the twins in this game? And then Sonny Gray only pitches two innings because the game goes through a, uh, an hour or so rain delay, and then he leaves the game, and now I'm stuck with, you know, whoever the Twins bring out of the bullpen. And now Chris Sale's unlikely to come back, too. And that you hurts want you. Chris Sale. And the, the weather report that I'm looking at right now says that it's not going to rain tomorrow night. So hopefully uh, this game does happen with no delays, and we're okay. I'm on the Twins. One of my, I've got three plays today. That's one of my three. All right. Rangers at the Royals. Nathan Yavaldi against Brad Keller. You got the Diamondbacks at the Cardinals. It's going to be Jordan Montgomery for the Cardinals and Dre Jameson, your boy J-Mo. Yeah, this is my third play. I, I like under four and a half in the first five. Okay, for your boy J-Mo. I, I, I no, he's not going to pitch more than five Shots innings. Shots of JMO for everyone. And Montgomery has been the only starter that's been worth a damn for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So, feels like a good pitching matchup. Uh, I don't want any part of these teams once they get into their bullpen. So, first five under for me. Okay, we got the Blue Jays at the Astros. Chris Bassett, Jose Urquidy. This is an even line with a total of nine. The Pirates will send Vinny Gass, Vince Velasquez to the mound against the Rockies and Jose Arena. Total is 12 and a half. Pittsburgh minus 115. Again, I think I like the over in Colorado. I think both these pitchers give up a a ton of runs. Velasquez is coming off his best start of the year, though. Uh, The Cubs are at the A's. Marcus Stroman against Ken Waldachuk. Waldachuk? Walda sucks. (laughs) This guy is, I think he's number one. He has a 10.2 ERA. He's given up 17 runs on 22 hits in 15 innings he only allowed three runs to the Orioles his last time out and that was his best start of the season so I don't know if I could trust him here and Marcus Stroman's gotten off to a great start and then seeing what the Cubs did yesterday putting up double digits on 20 hits man hard to fade those bats right now I think something that we should recognize and just tip our hats to is I know it's early in the season but Mm -hmm. the Oakland A's have three starting pitchers yeah with double-digit ERAs. Oh, they're and, doing a great and job. And Kyle Muller, who got lit up yesterday, isn't even one of them. Waldachuk, Caprillion, and Shintaro Fujinami. Yep. All three of them, over 10 ERA. That's hard to do. They're doing a great job of, you know, tanking so that they can relocate the team. Uh, <laughs> the Brewers are at the Mariners. Seattle is minus 160 with Logan Gilbert on the hill. Colin Ray starts for Milwaukee. You got the Braves at the Padres. Spencer Strider for Atlanta. Blake Snell for San Diego. Atlanta nice minus... matchup. Yeah, Atlanta minus 140. Total of seven and a half. Might look at a Strider strikeouts, right? It could be something to take a look at. It's probably going to be high. I would imagine maybe nine and a half is too high. We've seen it at nine and a half. Do you think they have... I like the, it at nine and a half. Do they have the gall to put it at nine and a half again? Uh, yeah, they probably do because people just keep betting the over. 
He's had nine, nine, and nine in all three of his starts. And they're going to keep putting So I, I'm going to say he's averaging nine strikeouts a start. That math adds up? Yeah. If they put it at nine and a half, I'm going under. You have to. Yeah. Maybe the Padres. Uh, eh, we'll see. Mets are at the Dodgers. Tyler McGill, 3-0 start to the season. How about that? Against Clayton Kershaw, L.A., minus 155. Total of eight. Big story in the NFL, AJ. Uh, Jalen Hurts gets paid. Handsomely. Yeah, the Eagles uh, making sure that their franchise quarterback is taken care of. It's a $255 million deal, five-year agreement. Uh, It includes $179.3 million in guaranteed money. It's the uh, biggest in terms of average annual value, um, but the guaranteed money is not as big as Deshaun Watson's. What would you make of this? Uh, I am not totally sold that Jalen Hurts is that level of a guy yet. Uh, obviously, great run last season. I'd like to see a little bit more before I, I would have paid him that kind of money. But mm-hmm. I think here's what the Eagles are thinking. Every year, it's going to get more expensive. So if he has another year, like even if he has a year that's less than it was a year ago, he's still going to he'd still get more next offseason. So it, this goes back to me scratching my head over the Ravens not making their decision yet because it just keeps going up and up. If they'd made Lamar Jackson the highest paid quarterback in the league two years ago, he'd be like the eighth highest paid quarterback in the league today. Yep. yep. Uh and instead I, I think you you've again the the market's been reset and uh every quarterback is now okay this is the new standard and i i think it's reasonable of jalen hurts to not say it's got to be more than deshaun got because i again i go back to that deshaun contract is just an an outlier and absurdity and no one should be looking at that as a real thing but this is pretty close to it and it certainly uh is eye-opening for the not just for lamar but for joe burrow for justin herbert and probably for patrick mahomes who's getting to that point now where his deal is no, it's going to have to be renegotiated because listen, Patrick Mahomes just beat this guy in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes seems like he's a team guy, but at some point he's gonna be like, wow, I'm, I'm like now the, the 10th best or 10th highest paid quarterback in the league. This doesn't seem right. And it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's certainly resetting the market a bit. Well, remember it's not who you are. It's when you are and the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, you are on the clock. Speaking of on the clock, every day, a little bit closer to draft day. And boy, there's been some really interesting movement in the odds. Mackenzie Rivers, I want to go back to the day. Take me back <laughs> to the day where the Carolina <laughs> Panthers traded up and got the number one pick. What were the odds on who the top pick would be that day? It was a simpler time. And uh, Bryce Young was a minus 170 favorite back on March 9th. Before this trade. Okay. The trade happens in. The Panthers now have the top pick. Then where do the lines go? Within a couple of days, C.J. Stroud, minus 300. Young from minus 180 to plus 260. Hmm. So it seems like the the information guys thought that the Panthers they knew. Oh, they were knew. trading up to get C.J. Stroud. Now, <laughs> fast forward to <laughs> today. What are the odds for the number one overall pick, McKenzie? Well, Bryce Young is the new favorite, and it's not close. He's now minus 1,000. Minus 1,000. Those feel like the kind of odds that a book would put up when they're certain. 
Right, and it wasn't certain until this week. It was minus 250 last week for Young. Stroud was still a viable candidate at plus 175. Then, boom, now it got about $10 to win a dollar on Young. Somebody knows something. Now, this is what's really interesting to me. I, I accept Bryce Young is extremely likely, if not a lock, to be the number one overall pick. The odds t- today at Caesars on who will be the second pick in the draft – Who is the current favorite? It's got to be C.J. Stroud. Incorrect, sir. That would be Will Levis as the new favorite. Who? who? Kentucky guard. I mean, quarterback. (laughs) Well, it might as well be a Kentucky guard. (laughs) This is the interesting thing to me. Will Levis plus 180 to be the second pick. The Texans, mind you, have the second pick in the draft. This is what's most interesting. Who's the second favorite? It's not C.J. Stroud. It's Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson tied. Defensive plus players. 300 defensive ends. Then you get to the fourth most likely CJ Stroud, five to one. His odds are the same as Bryce Young at five to one. Wow. So they're saying the market is saying it's as likely the Texans will take CJ Stroud with the second pick as it is that the Panthers will pass on Bryce Young with the first pick. And what did, what did you just quote the number at on Bryce Young for the first pick? Minus 1,000. That doesn't seem very likely. But that the the number here says, well, I think if, the, if Bryce Young gets passed on, the Texans obviously take Bryce Young number one overall. That tells you don't bet on Bryce Young to be number two overall because it's just a, it's a bad number. And last week, C.J. Stroud was minus 130 to go number two, now five to one. Do you think this is maybe not Bryce Young getting – bumped up maybe this is something wrong with cj stroud and his draft process it's interesting and here's the thing what i believe and i i talked to someone close to the organization today and there is a a tear Mm. uh amongst the brass with the texans and some people are insistent that it's got to be a quarterback and some people are insistent that we have to build this team on the best players and we'll get a quarterback when the right time comes which that theory basically says we're willing to tank one more season to make sure we get the right guy. Sure. Which, if you don't believe C.J. Stroud is the right guy, by all means do it. Like, I, I think the worst thing you can do as an organization is force a quarterback when you know he's not the dude. I would much rather – the Texans have been in this situation before, and they got a lot of pressure. When, when they took Mario Williams number one, everybody wanted him to take Vince Young. And they didn't. And it turns out Mario Williams was the right pick. When they took Jadavion Clowney, everyone said they've got to get a quarterback. Well, it ends up the, the, highest, the highest quarterback that went in that draft was Blake Bortles. Whatever you think of Jadavion Clowney, better career than Blake Bortles. Still playing, not Blake Bortles. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> it, it's, it's much better to take a Will Anderson or a Tyree Wilson if you think they're a, a game-changing defensive player than it is to f- try to force a square peg into a round hole, whether that be Stroud or Levis. I couldn't agree more, and I think I've, it makes me think of the 49ers, where they had five years where they ha- didn't really have a quarterback. They could have kept Kaepernick back in the day. They could have done something to get a B-level quarterback right away. But D'Amico Ryans from that tree, I think he has an advantage here with a long contract, a long time horizon. Yeah, there, there's no need to to rush here. Like he, if, if the Texans go 2-15 and 15 next year, no one's going to fire D'Amico Ryans. Texans have already fired uh, two blackhead coaches after one right, year. Right, that's enough. You can't take that PR hit, Bubba. <laughs> you can't take that PR hit. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think that the, the smart move is to take who you think is the best player available, 
rather than just say, this is this, this is the next best quarterback. This is the guy we got to buy into. And I'm not really sold on any of these quarterbacks. Even Bryce Young doesn't seem to me like a slam dunk minus 1,000. Minicom's younger brother, pick. you mean? Yeah, I, none of these guys seem like home runs to me. So if you're saying, you know what, I'm going to take a guy that I believe is going to be out there and get me 10 sacks every year, I'm all for it. Do it. With the NFL draft coming up, there's going to be plenty of NFL draft packages on pregame.com. In addition to everything that we already have, like daily best bets on whether it's Stanley Cup playoff action or NBA playoff action, Major League Baseball, or just get the most bang for your buck and get a season-long subscription, like a playoff package for the entire playoffs or a whole season or a half season or a seven-day all-access or a 30-day all-access or a weekend package. We get it. There's lots of options. There's lots of options. And you can take 20% off using our promo codes. We're going to give you two because we love you so much. And we understand that some of you may have used one already. So I'll give you a second one. The first one is Hockey 20. You know Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm so excited about it. Let's go Rangers. Hockey 20 is going to be one of the promo codes. And Let's go VGK right Sizzle now. Let's go. 20. Sizzle 20. S-I-Z-Z-L-E. Sizzle 20 is the other promo code. So. If you haven't used one, use the other one. Sizzle 20, Hockey 20, either promo code gets you 20% off at pregame.com. Do us a favor as well. Share the show. Straight out of Vegas AM. Tell your friends about it. Post it wherever you got to post it. Leave us a little bit of a rating and review on Apple or Google or Spotify. Preferably a positive one. Yeah, but you know what? Like, we appreciate you guys, so hook us up a little bit. Also, do the same for R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. If you think you're following the show, you might not be. Make sure you are. Search R.J. Bell's Dream Preview wherever you get your podcasts from, and then click the follow button. By the way, recording a new Dream Preview tonight. Yes, we are, and that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure R.J.'s going to be like, how's your hockey off to? The playoffs. You know what I'm going to tell him? Two and one. Okay. Should be be two and oh, but I got suckered into a third play. So what are you going to do? I'm hoping he asked me, how's my baseball going? Oh, on fire. On sizzle. <laughs> sizzle 20. That's all I'm going to do is go. 20% off. I'm not going to answer his question. Just com. From Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.